0: around drink till you drown are the words the singer screams and I drink a toast to the ghost of all the things I have seen because we are all trying so hard to be all the things that we're not like pretty and smart and clever and hard when we're all Back to sin And I am At it again Trying to let the demons win Hello My name is Nathaniel South and we are at it again. Whew. Uh, man, it has been a heck of a week. Um I I'm not going to talk much up here at the, at, at, at the at the front cuz I want to cut to um the conversation I had with uh Patrick and Brett. Um you You've read the title it's uh we're gonna talk about audio feed, which we were all just at and I think it's a really wonderful conversation that i <clears throat> probably should have shut up more and listened to more i'm 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 working on it i still i think I talk too much <laughs> i think i think a lot of thoughts and uh part of me is still um constantly wants to communicate and, and be listened to and I am I need to learn to uh listen uh as much as I try and get people to listen to um so um yeah uh it was a it was a fun week um I was a very small part of it uh I played a set we're gonna talk about all that um so yeah, without uh, further ado, uh, here is uh, uh, us all talking, and then I'll uh, come in at the end.
1: Do it on the
0: thing with the thing.
1: Whatever, Brett. You want to check your mic? <laughs> You're gonna want to speak directly check. into the end of it. And uh, it is not right a here? side address. Oh, okay. It is an end address. So
2: like this. Yeah. Are you gonna be louder than that? Uh no, I think this this is probably about how loud I'll be. Okay. My my voice is pretty shot. I'll probably sound like crap today. <laughs>
0: uh, do you want to put any conversational reverb on that? <laughs> you, you tons,
2: <laughs> tons and tons of reverb is what I was constantly asked for. <laughs> that make, and, uh, make it wet.
1: Make the sound just wet. a technical term so <laughs> it, I, that's uh, the it, term
0: it is you got. yep i'm now i'm 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 in the wrong here i'm i'm the problem okay
1: so each of you have individual control over your uh, monitor volume you have to say your name and then volume up or volume down and it'll it'll adjust so just keep that in mind you seen these pictures yeah i have seen some of those they're great Did you see the pictures from during his set?
2: Yeah, where he's like straight across from him. It's so There was somebody
1: there that was just dressed like Kevin Shalera and then like stood and watched him during his set. And there's all these (laughs) pictures of like Kevin playing to Kevin. And it's like... It's great. It's good joke fodder on the group right now. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, we're recording.
0: Oh, cool. Good. Uh Uh, Hi, Uh, this is Nathaniel uh, of Loon, the band... And I'm here with a couple other folks if you want to introduce yourselves.
2: Uh I am Brett. I am also part of Loon the Band, the the bass player and yeah, the you shenanigans are. guy. Yeah. And I am
1: Patrick, also of Loon the Band.
0: Wow. Amazing. Producer today, I think. <laughs> hey. Uh isn't that most days? <laughs> <laughs> um and we uh we all just got back from Urbana, Illinois, which I'm I know I'm saying that wrong, but I don't I don't know if I care. But Is it Urbana. Urbana I don't know. I know that I know that They're Urbana I don't I know that it has a surprisingly not enough Starbucks for a college <laughs> town. And I know that because Devin and I just really wanted to get uh some breakfast at a Starbucks one morning and it it became like a real journey, and, it, and I just we just kept laughing because we we're like, well, it's the University of Illinois. Is like we're on campus. Like how can we how it like shouldn't there just be seven of them? Shouldn't they just be like one square block is just one Starbucks after another? And it was not. Um, but uh, you know I've I one as as any of y'all that that listen to this a lot know is. It's often uh these days just me kind of talking about whatever music thing or political thing are often both things that come into my head and i that's not on purpose it's just convenience of having everybody has lives and jobs and like getting other people into my apartment is is not always easy and like setting up something outside of it but I um definitely don't view the podcast as uh solely my thing much like i don't i don't for the most part view loon uh as a project anymore as just my own thing we will probably get into this some here and there as we kind of go over the last week and everything but like uh the the messaging these guys uh are are gracious enough to allow me to kind of push the lyrical and kind of like tonal agenda of of Loon. But these days, um the the project has definitely entered a, a thing where we all are just aggressively and in the best way taking ownership of the the sound of the thing and that's been cool. And we'll get to that down the road, but I I, I definitely wanted to Brett had a great idea of just getting all three of us together, which doesn't happen near enough, and just talking about what we all we're just a part of, which is Audio Feed, uh, which is a music festival. And, and I'm going to kind of say what I know about it because I, I know the least uh, details and we'll work towards these guys who know the most details. Audio Feed is a more or less outgrowth of a old uh, Christian-centered uh, rock and roll festival called Cornerstone which I knew about when I was a kid, Cornerstone had started, I want to say early nineties or maybe late eighties. I can't remember which, but it had gone forever and then hit a point where they could no longer, the people doing that couldn't do it the same way anymore. I think there was, if I remember right, something with the location kind of got weird too and all of that kind of thing and uh closed down and then uh, some of those folks that were involved in cornerstone went on to start audio feed audio feed has then now which is crazy to think about has a long history of its own post cornerstone 10 years and um this year was the first time that uh y'all were like a big part of actually putting the thing on which I you know I, I, I don't think this is a shock to anyone is is why all of a sudden Nathaniel is is in Illinois helping out, and loon is is this time was a solo set. you know, that's kind of my doorway. you you guys having a doorway into that world and being a part of that world is is how I'm tangentially now connected to it <clears throat> because um i've I've done a bloodline now. I've done an audio feed now, and I can tell you two things just from my point of view that are uh, very apparent. One, there is a uh, amazing, uh, rich community of people who have known each other for a long, long time, and respect each other's uh, art and. Are very supportive and not because anyone made me feel that way but it's very apparent to me because i i was like oh these all people have wh- a lot of history with each other and i'm just going to <laughs> sit here quietly and occasionally make a joke or a jab and <laughs> and, and and see how that goes um so um brett's uh, and i'm kind of talking a lot at the front but we'll get past me here in a second but the kind of that interesting juxtaposition of i don't have a long history with actually being there. I do have a long history with knowing of and about and having my own kind of bullshit and baggage that kind of comes with that. Um. So, yeah, uh, Brett, let's start with you. Like, when did you start? Like, when was your first audio? Like, I don't even think I know that. I don't think that came up. Like, when was your first audio feed or... When did you start getting plugged into this? This very.
2: I got to retrace my steps. Deep community. Because. So two years ago, Spaceships did an impromptu set. The year prior to that, dad jokes played. Right. Who knows. And then, (laughs) I think this was probably my fourth or fifth time now. I want to say. Um. But the first time I went i just went with pat and mandy i wrote down there with them because they had talked about it i was single had nothing going on and i was like yeah sure i'll go spend four days doing this thing like why not and i so it kind of started with that and then it also started with flood city fest which mm. is pretty much the same community that's out in pennsylvania or was it's not really a thing anymore um
0: is that a pandemic thing or was that just a... No,
2: that was more of... So Jay Coslow who put that on, she moved and that town in general was just kind of falling apart. It was, mm-hmm. you know, going downhill for a long time. Um, and so... And not in like a... It was more just like more and more people kept moving away mm-hmm. and the finances weren't there, that sort of thing. and um, So... I had gotten introduced to the community via Flood City Fest, and then Pat and Mandy were like, "Hey, do you want to come to this? It's a lot of the same people." And I think the thing outside—it's miserable. It's hot. It's it's so don't hot you want every to come year. and do this? Honestly, the weather <laughs> this year was amazing. Yeah. Like in comparison to past years, um, the thing that got me hooked on audio feed. So one of the nights we were there, I, I want to say it was a Saturday night. I, um, I had a terrible migraine and every once in a while I'll get these migraines that are so bad that I just like, I have to go lay down and sleep and that's the only way it'll go away. So I went into my ungodly hot tent and I passed out and I woke up to some pretty heavy riffs on the main stage. Cause we were camped out like, probably Pride quarter of a mile from the main stage you could see it and hear it very easily and it was nighttime it was probably about nine ten o'clock ish and come out of my tent and the band comrades is playing and it was phenomenal the light show the way the music just everything they I mean comrades is an amazing band as it is and unfortunately they're not together anymore but also, at the same time, it's a healthier situation for the people that were involved. So they're all happier, which is great. Um, so I, I got hooked at that point. Um, and I've gotten sucked more and more into the community that is around it that you were talking about. And it is very much a point of like people just being extremely supportive no matter your walk in life, no matter, you know. So Audio Feed and Cornerstone both were labeled as a christian music fest but with audio feed like there's definitely a a strong basis of that but it's not solely what it's rooted in it's it's 100 percent just rooted in community and people caring about each other no matter where you come from and people that are willing to have the hard conversations about religion and politics and things like that and do it in a loving way and I have never, aside from this in my life, seen such a large community of people that are willing to be like, hey, no matter what you believe, like we can talk about it and I'm still going to choose to show you love, you know, and, and that's huge for me because that's how I try to live my life and that's how I try to be in general. And, and it's a hard thing to do. And so to find other people that aren't perfect at it either, but are trying at it. Is, is really rad and it's just very encouraging um, so yeah this is I want to say this was my fifth audio feed mm. um, and also is now probably my favorite year of audio feed mm. that I've had
0: uh Patrick you on the other hand I don't, I, I don't, am I wrong but did dr doctor play cornerstone
1: oh absolutely yeah, yeah you yeah, like we were you, deep you, uh, in it
0: yeah so like you you were you were doing cornerstones and then part of that transfer to audio feed. I'm assuming that at yeah. least that's the vibe I, I get just from peripheral.
1: So I was, I, yeah, I was a cornerstone kid. So when I, after I graduated high school, so this had been like 2004, I, I don't know if 2004, or 2005 was my first year. Um, but we used to spend a lot of time at a coffee shop in Dwarjack, Michigan, where I was going to college at the time. And there was a, a crazy, hippie coffee shop lady named Danette Fisher Mm -hmm. who used to have this hippie band from Chicago come and play her coffee shop called Seeds. And she had this wild crush on Scott from Seeds who had dreadlocks down to his knees and played every instrument under the sun and blah, blah, blah. blah. And they were part of this festival called Cornerstone out in rural Illinois.
0: Was that the Eclipse then?
1: No, that was Buchanan. This was called... Um. Oh, goodness. Perkin beans. Oh. This was Perkin beans. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great. No, that name. was worth making you say it. That yep. was, yeah. Two doors down from Sailor's Pizza from back when I ate, ate meat, you could get a ranch chicken pizza for $5, and it was so good. <laughs> Sounds but amazing. Anyway, yeah, we were broke college kids, and we hung out a lot at this coffee shop, and she was like, you like music. You're into subculture. You need to do something with your summer. You should go to this festival. I'm going to be there. I've gone every year for the last 20 years. You should come. You should come. You should come. And I remember getting a couple of my friends in my car, and uh, Danette had already gone because she was one of those people that would, like, show up a day or two before the festival and stay a day or two later, but we had jobs that weren't running a coffee shop that we could just shut down, and I remember we drove out after work on, it must have been a Friday or something, and we showed up, and it's this hog farm out in the middle of nowhere, and with very poor signage and no cell phone service. And this was probably the days of printing out MapQuest directions, (laughs) right? And so we pulled into the festival and had just no idea where we were going. We were immediately lost. We were at the festival, but we were lost. And the sun was down, and we're driving around. There's, there's, There's no rhyme or reason to camping. You just kind of parked and put your stuff wherever you wanted to. So we knew we were trying to find a net. But we had no way of finding Danette amongst, at that point, like 10,000, 20,000 people, something like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, it was pretty big. And we
1: just drove around and drove around and drove around. And I remember we came over this hill, and the hill led down into what was the Cornerstone Lake. And there was a big beach, and on that beach was a huge bonfire. And next to that bonfire was a group of people who looked like they were like, We live in caves. We were covered in animal furs, and they had black paint on their faces. And there were, like, I don't know, 20 of them. And they were playing this, like, weirdo, tribal, hippie, dark music. And that band was the Salters. (laughs) And that was my first Cornerstone experience. We just, like, parked the car where we were at. We got out of the car, and it was just this, like, strange this is a weird thing going on that we have only glimpsed through this little window of Danette Fisher and to Michigan told us about this thing, but we had no idea what we were walking into. And that was, I think the first moment there I was like, okay, now I kind of understand what's going on here. And I was, I was hooked. That was the moment we found her campsite. blah. blah, blah. we stayed with her, we saw a billion bands. We saw haste the day. We saw Norma Jean. We saw me without you. We saw MXPX. We saw all the South Bend bands that were there. We saw bands from other parts of the country. There is, a band that I have yet to track down they were called The Love and choosing a band name like The Love Ooh, when you're a local man. regional band That's makes rough. it so hard to google you but they were like spazzy and crazy and they have like homemade matching t-shirts and um hang on oh somebody's unplugged
0: yeah it's me
1: we can cut this out where, where are you supposed to be plugged in at south
0: there we go now I'm back
1: so they were called The Love and they had like homemade matching t-shirts and they were spazzy. There were two vocalists. They were kind of like the Blood Brothers, but kind of like not the Blood Brothers. I don't know. They were great. Anyway, and uh, and it was kind of that point on. I was like, this is just a thing that I do with my life every summer. And um, we went back year after year after year after year. Um, so one of the things that plagued Cornerstone is... Um, they they struggle with staying on top of how to make the festival um, attractive enough to enough people so that ticket sales would cover the costs of the festival. Because even though they were on a hog farm, which I assume they didn't spend much money on, just the infrastructure of renting tents and dumpsters and toilets and all the cleanup effort and the online presence and all of that cost money. And they were stuck in the churn of, we need to book a bigger band to either justify raising ticket prices or to drive additional ticket sales so that we can then cover the overhead, and we booked a booger, we booked a bigger band, but that didn't work. Next year we have to book a bigger band. And uh, I was talking to some folks at hotel that were longtime Cornerstoners uh, right at the end of audio feed, and they were talking about the couple years where um, Cornerstone had actually accomplished a couple like corporate sponsors. So one year. It was Cornerstone presented by Scion and they had like two Scions parked right out in the middle of the food court and <laughs> it was it was central Illinois in the summer and it was dusty and dirty and the new cars just got covered in dirt and then <laughs> people wrote their little messages of like Scion sucks, Ford for life and it's like it was not a good look. Like Scion is not the right sponsor for this festival. And one year it was the main stage presented by PepsiCo, which was also not the feel mm. of the company, but they were just, they were stuck in this churn of like, how do we, how do we, how do we keep going? Like how do just, how do we keep going? And they were losing money year over year, over year, over year. And I'm not saying that's the only reason why Cornerstone eventually, uh, kind of shut their doors and kind of closed the, closed the book on it. Um, but that was certainly a, a part of it. And, uh, when kind of word got out, as you alluded to, there's people who, um, care deeply about it you know is that their their community was there and they had um connections and people that they saw but once a year from all over the world and this was their family reunion and they said we can't we can't not go we're going to go somewhere and we're going to meet with these people somewhere and we're going to celebrate music and community and uh jesus culture somewhere and that somewhere became the I think it's the Kane County Fairgrounds, right? That's okay. where um, – mm-hmm. not Kane County. That's the one up in uh, Chicago. Anyway, whatever the fairgrounds is in Champaign-Urbana. And one of those people was Jim Eisenminger, Jim is, and uh, and Jenny, and their family. And he's local to there, and that was part of the reason why that was the spot. Um, and they spun up what looked like a grassroots version of Cornerstone, and they did that for years and years and years. But ultimately, that was also a situation where um, – it was not only just a ton of work to make the thing happen, but it also cost a ton of money to make that thing happen. And those ticket sales were also never financially viable to actually support the infrastructure of the festival. And eventually they said, you know, we've done this for 10 years and we, we simply need, need a break from this. We can't keep doing this. It's going to turn into something that is not healthy for them and their families. It wasn't just them. It was, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know, a group of eight people or whatever. And uh, yeah, the, At the end of last year, they kind of came out publicly and said, this is the last audio feed that we are going to do. And if somebody else wants to come along, we will graciously hand this off to another group of people with our full support and kind of help you answer the questions of how we've done things and and whatever. But we we are ready to hand this off to somebody else. And um, there were a couple uh, groups of people that were kind of the potential – uh, next next folks that were interested in picking it up, um, some of those people wanted to turn it into a um, festival focused in Nashville at a series of venues. Um, there's a couple of groups of people that wanted to keep it as a outdoor camping festival at the same place it had been. And uh, my friend Kevin Shalareth, who I know through the same kind of music community, I'm sure I met Kevin at Cornerstone, actually, um, gave me a call and he was like, I got this crazy idea and we're going to... I'm Thinking about just you know some of us DIY homies just picking it up and, and doing the thing and you know you guys know how to do festivals there in South Bend you <laughs> you want you want to you want to do it I mean I know you're busy <laughs> and uh, he's living in up in uh, Minnesota at the time and some friends down in Kansas City were also down and uh, some friends out in Denver were also down so it's just kind of a a group of folks that have been doing the DIY thing both traveling and organizing in hometowns for a while and really just said, I bet we can do the thing and I bet we can spend almost no money doing the thing. And, uh, <laughs> we got nothing to lose, but, but to try it once, you know? And, uh, so that was, that was really the, the, the big introduction into me stepping in and taking more, a uh, larger role. And, uh, soon after that, after we kind of formed that board, including, uh, my partner, Mandy and myself, they said, hey, we think the South Bend crew would be really great to run the main stage. Do you think you and the South Bend kids would run the main stage? And that's when I hit up uh, Brett and Nat and Devin, who are the four that book at the well here in South Bend. And I said, what do you guys think about just doing the same festival that we did in South Bend, but at the main stage in Champaign-Urbana, right?
0: Which is Bloodline, right, is what you're yeah. you're referencing? Yeah. 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 Uh, which is which I, is... <clears throat> the the couple of bloodlines that i the one i you know we, we got to play and the other one that i went to like that was already like uh, hard to explain how like i had i had nothing logistically to do with either bloodline that went on here and i would walk in and just go oh yeah this this is the vibe <laughs> this is this is the this is like there's no fucking what was the joke i cup said like there's no there's no crowds no stages you know we're all we're all one thing <laughs> here like uh, uh, you know just like that that uh, old uh, hardcore ethos that I, I you know is what I gravitated to when I was a teen and first getting into rock and roll that idea that um, uh, music and art is too important to to build pretension around that that it is it's too necessary to the the healthy human condition to it all allow yourself or others to get to a point where um i i i i pick on her only only because it's such an obvious the other side of it like the taylor swifts of the world when you have such a big operation and apparatus around you where like you are you're not even just an LLC or a corporation at that point. Like even though I love Taylor Swift music, that, that thing that, that exists around an art artist that big makes me sad and like, like bums me out. Like uh, I can't imagine somebody wanting to take their kid to see me and going, well, we don't have the $2,500 for two tickets to, to get to you. So like, all that to say is is um bloodline always felt like the exact like perfect like vibe of like any kind of a festival thing i had been at before and i guess i should say i i've talked about it on the podcast a little bit here and there but i have like a solid decade of warp tours under my belt like i i that was my you know you you and I think you probably went to some warp tours too, Patrick, but like, I uh, have never been to a no. Warp tour, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a good fact to it. I've yeah. never been. Yeah. So I've only been to two. Okay. So I, I went to, I went to like 10 or 11 in a row. So from, wow. from 2000 to like all the way until, uh, probably 2011 was my last warp tour. And, there are some of the same things that you guys describe, but like less, f- less fam- familial and a little bit more sceney mm-hmm. and a lot more corporate because once again, warp tour is put on by vans. Vans is not doing it out of the kindness of their heart. There's always, uh, an agenda, a capitalist agenda somewhere in there. And that's always a bummer. Um, even, on a thing like Warp Tour where I'm getting to see all of these punk bands that I love. You know, it it's uh it's also uh you know, you'd also see Katy Perry. And the reason Katy Perry gets on Warp Tour is, you know, she wasn't like full blown Katy Perry at the time, but like it's because it's not just about my scene, right? Like they sold like much like the hot topic I worked at during most of those warp tours, uh it was it was using my culture and my the language of my people our people and then like trying to figure out how to put a price tag on it and that always pissed me off like that always bothered me and um i i will say this uh okay so maybe let's rewind a little bit maybe the best way is to say all right so now my entering into audio feed so Somewhere in the process Patrick's just, just described of of him getting a hold of Brett and Nat and Devin and kind of getting that somewhere in those first few days, I get a text randomly at like seven forty five or eight o'clock at night from Brett going simply, Hey, what would you think about playing a set at audio feed <laughs> to which I think my exact response was, do you mean the Christian music festival that <laughs> goes on every year in place of Cornerstone? Yeah. Uh, sh- sure. <laughs> With like a implied question mark of yeah, yeah uh, can, <laughs> Go go ahead. Can I,
1: can I talk about the like the <laughs> yeah. the Christian elephant in yeah. the room kind yeah. of thing? Yeah, so, yeah. Go for it. So just as as our experience at the Well, which is a not-for-profit coffee shop that operates under a church 501c whatever right we are we are by the books we are church and the finances the building are basically covered by a church i grew up in a period of time where churches were um i'll use the term taking advantage of a of a blossoming local music scene and saying this is a way we can get a bunch of kids into the doors of a church Mm -hmm. and a lot of those church venues were then in the long run, not successful because they found that they were not then converting attendees at shows to attendees on Sunday mornings. I feel like they went into it with a, a really poor spirit. Now, to say the music scene did benefit a lot from a whole bunch of churches putting a whole bunch of resources mm-hmm. into sound systems and buildings that were relatively nice and relatively clean and relatively safe where a lot of young bands could could play music for their friends and a lot of young people could go and see local music. But there's always been a local tension and a a national tension with this whole like um, in the mid two thousands of church venues being a thing. And we, we operate fully in the middle of that tension of like, we know the complexity and the um, discomfort of a church running shows because we know of the like the baggage that comes along with that. So kind of our, our ethos here has always been that um, I don't think anybody that's part of the church community would describe us as an evangelical community, meaning mm. that our primary goal is not to spread Christianity. Right. Our primary goal is to use our resources that we have that have been so generously given to us as a gift to the people around us and try to figure out what is it that the community around us needs that we can help with with the resources that we have. One of those things is a gathering space. One of those things is a music venue. Um, And so being being brought into um, Cornerstone and Audio Feed, Cornerstone has always sat in a tension where some people have always thought it should be an outreach program. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have said, this is a place where um, Christian subcultures can exist and it doesn't necessarily need to be a outreach thing. Um, As you get down to the grassroots following of or the, the festival that followed Cornerstone of Audio Feed, it distilled that conversation down where it really continued to cause the people that are running and attending the festival to come face-to-face with the conversation of, is this a Christian festival? Um, are the artists necessarily Christian artists? Is our marketing, is the face of the festival necessarily Christian? And, and what does that mean? And I really think that even with the new version of the board, we are, continuing to distill and face that question um so the board did A, a Q&A session and one of the people asking questions really tried to get us to say that to um be on the board or to be a planning member you have to believe cert- a certain version of christianity right well at least you all agree that jesus was the son of god and died for our sins and rose to a physical body and there's you know and mm-hmm. and kind of played out this traditional kind of christian um story or belief set. And, and Kevin answered very eloquently, which is even going back, there are people that had a a seat at the table at Cornerstone who, who maybe at one time believed those things, but then at some time did not believe those things and still had a voice in the conversation. And, um, to say that we're, we're, um, um, I I should remember the mission statements a really pretty good mission statement, but I just, tend to not just block those sort of things it's something about community and jesus-centered conversation and holding tension and stuff like that and and his response was it would if we really do want to hold a conversation with people who are willing to have be conversation starters not conversation stoppers um that it would be disingenuous for us to silence a voice of somebody that does not believe but has some history and has some things to say about that um and I, I think that probably our booking of the stage was additionally challenging to people um, who go in and look to the festival to be a Christian touch point, a place where they get spiritual rejuvenation for them to hear fuck on stage, for them to hear criticisms of Christianity on stage, that was probably very challenging. And I expect there to be some sort of backlash of people saying, well, I thought this was a Christian festival, but this is not the place that I want to take my kids to learn about Christianity. But I i really stand toe to toe or, or shoulder to shoulder with Kevin in that it would be disingenuous for us to silence voices of people that have gone through the hard relationships, gone through the tough emotional and spiritual work and come up on the other side of this is, this is not the thing. Now, what you describe as stepping into bloodline and saying this is the thing, like there's some family here, there's some community here, there's a large group of people who cannot separate the community that they feel in a music scene from the community that they feel from their Christian understanding, from um, what they read in Jesus' teachings, what they've experienced through different religious groups, is that is one in the same. There's a completely different contingency of people who are equally valid in their opinions that the family that they feel in the community that they feel has nothing to do with religion, but is solely rooted in DIY music scene and the care that we have for each other. And I am 100% okay of having both of those viewpoints in the same room and being okay with sitting in the tension of we all believe that there's something incredibly valuable and incredibly life-bringing here, and there are two people that say it is coming from a completely different direction is coming from a completely atheistic, secular, whatever direction versus people that say, I know that God's behind all of this and I'm just simply okay with having that conversation making sure that there's a space that that conversation can happen where neither of those people are bullying any of the other people while also coming head to head with the tension of current social cultural issues that are, um, not spoken about loudly in affirming churches most often, and are certainly spoken about loudly in a non-affirming way in non-affirming churches. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's a weird place to sit, and it can be a very uncomfortable place to sit. And it is by design that at audio feed, and it's that that probably uh, led to your reaction of the how do you feed are you sure i mean sure i'll <laughs> come play and you said sure i'll come play because you, you trust us right you right. trust us as as personal individuals um but that may make the festival difficult to encounter as somebody that doesn't already know
0: people right. at the festival so. um and and i think all of that stuff is so important and and leads into kind of where i was heading already of i am i am not sh- i am I am getting to a point where I'm once again nicer about verbalizing but not going to back down from my experience in Protestant Christian religion. Um, I have tons of conversations that you guys aren't privy to because they just don't happen when we're all three around where I often reference you both of them like i'm in a band with two people who are christians who call themselves christians who self-identify on some level as a christian and they're my family and i love them and i know that christianity does not have to equate to um uh problematic abusive terrible things but uh, and this is where the conversation also has to go but mainstream Caucasian Protestant Christianity in America is almost, uh, been completely usurped by evangelicalism. Even, even if that church isn't willing to describe themselves or call themselves like that. Um, and I would argue specifically a Calvinist theology of that evangelical Christianity. So, I tell people I'm like evangelicals kind of like by the nature and the way that they practice are right leaning kind of, that's just the vibe. And then you throw somebody like Calvin into it, which this is not a Bible theology podcast, but look him up. He's a fun time. Uh, You know, that pushes it, that jacks the kind of like fascistic right wingness of it all up a couple notches. And, uh, I love you guys. So like, I will say this, you, you guys are, are, you're right on with the, I say yes, because I trust you guys. And then I also question because I love you guys. Like there was a more than once where I would just check in every once in a while. Like, like, like I love you guys. I'm not going to feel bad. I get it. If, if you thought about it some more and it doesn't feel like a going to be a good thing, just want to check in and go, are we still cool? We still want to do this and i will admit and and wasn't shy about this either of like hitting hitting the ground at audio feed kind of being like i don't i have i don't know i don't know i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna try and come in with not a lot of preconceived whatevers but uh ooh, boy howdy do i not know like on a personal level and um I am very happy to say that, for the most part i I was proven all of my worries were were silly in hindsight and and that's very cool you know there there are what it made me personally do more is just kind of like not have anything to do with any of y'all that are are religious and at audio feed. It was more of me doing the thing I prefer to do, which is just taking a moment to. Uh, uh attack myself a little bit more and figure out my own stuff and for the most part all of the stuff that kind of made me feel weird at audio feed had nothing to do with y'all and just the fact that like all of it is like attached to like childhood drama like uh, a tent with people praying and it should not fucking make me angry like there is nothing inherently like off-putting uh, scary or infuriating about people believing a thing and coming together to do a, uh, a a ritual of that thing they believe, but because all of that prayer tent and like Bible study and all of these these words and connections in my brain all connect back to a church and an experience that was aggressively abusive, uh, that puts me on edge, and that was very cool and good. Uh it doesn't sound cool or good, but like self work is so important. And so that was actually very interesting for me to kind of like go, oh okay. So nobody here's made me feel weird. I haven't had anybody um confront me about any any ways that I have like expressed myself or allowed myself to be perceived. Um the vibe has been cool. There's like every once in a while, somebody will say something that'll just kind of make me go, but that hasn't, you know, like as I dig into it more, that has nothing to do with like them or what they said. And more of like the last time I heard it was by an old racist fuck. And (laughs) it was used to control people. And I think if we have any hope, and I still do have so much hope for a better world, (laughs) we have to get to a point where people who have, Uh, concrete to questions about what happens when you die beliefs, you know, we have to all be able to coexist and, and, and function around each other. And um, whenever I'm in a place that does that in any kind of level, I get excited. Like it's, it's kind of like you're getting to watch anarchism in practice like uh this is maybe a weird hard left but like when i look at like what we accomplished on the stage not not any of us performing and we all did but like the entity that was the south Bend crew putting on a fucking four-day show with like shifts and like complications and all of that and just kind of there weren't bosses and workers there was just all of us there doing the thing and i tell people all the time like anarchism is misunderstood because we have so much of our brain that is programmed to you only listen to a person if they have power and it's like no if i'm in a situation uh on a monday morning and we're having sound issues and brett's running sound I'm going to listen to Brett because he's the guy running sound and he has more knowledge than I do. It's not because he's a boss. It's not because I'm a worker and he's uh, at at the top of the, the pyramid. Like it's, it's a more beautiful thing than that. It's just everybody understanding we just got to do the thing to make the thing work. Like like what's, you know, maybe and, – and for a few days there it was mostly me just kind of like staying out of everybody's way. Uh, as I kind of nervously joked more than once, like, you just want me to sit here and not, okay, cool. i just, <laughs> uh, no worries. Uh, um, and I, I think that, um, it's a, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting world. I'm not going to sit here and tell either of you that it's like, like, Ooh, I wish every day was audio feed. And I wish I lived in that environment all the time, every day. Because I'm sure I would like at least at this point in my evolution would hit a point where I'm like, all right, I would be like alright I gotta, I'm gonna go to a fucking Danzig show just to not be around this for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I, just,
1: I just, have to interject that uh, anarchy is no stranger to Christianity. No, and- it
0: is not. I, I also, use-
1: also want to interject that not all three members of Loon
0: are anarchistic so that's i think it's interesting
1: i just want to note to the reader yeah yes
0: no i i i also i I agree with all of all yes all that's true um and uh no i i still talk about jesus all the time to people when i'm talking about like extreme socialism and and even anarchism i'm like i don't know i like i don't even you know, technically believe this stuff anymore, but it seems like this Jesus dude kind of was like in line with a lot of the things I want. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we're just going on a, just going off of that, you know? But, uh, anyways, so, um,
1: uh, what does Brett want to talk about? We haven't heard heard from Brett. I keep talking a lot. You keep talking a yeah, lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brett, what's your takeaway? What's your experience? Any reflection on what
2: we've already said? Yeah. So I think, One of the things I enjoy most about audio feed is, like, you were were talking about the tension that exists there between the Christian and non-Christian aspect of it. But to me, in a way, like, it's weird because that tension's there, but at the same time, there's very much a sense of peace in that tension because I have never felt like anyone on the Christian side or non-Christian side has, like, no one there sits down to push their agenda. It's it's not an outreach program. It's a community program. It's, you know, it, and for example, like our whole entire team that ran that stage isn't even Christian. You know, we had people who weren't. And there was no like, oh, hey, come do this thing. And secretly, I'm gonna try and convert you. Like there, was, there was none of that. That's not what it's about at all. It's it's about supporting each other and just caring about each other. And you know, for example, like Devin alone, him and I, we had a chance to grow close together because we had six hours to drive down there and back, and then we're constantly working by each other the whole entire time, and never once did it really come up. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but. It's not, it's never been a forced issue at audio feed. I've never seen it be a forced issue at audio feed. You have the opportunity to be, you know, every morning there were a group of people that led worship. And So it's there for the people that want to go to that. And then the people that don't, you just don't, you know, it's, excuse me it's a place to just be safe and be yourself. And if you want to talk about those hard topics, you can, if you don't, and you just want to enjoy bands from all over, you can. And that's, for me, that's how I've tried to just live my life in general. You know, I grew up in the church and everything like that. And I feel as though I'm kind of lucky with how I took the whole entire Christian aspect in general. Cause you know, I I have trauma from it and stuff like that, where it was, you know, very evangelical, Pentecostal type things that were pushed upon me. But one of the things I was taught was to love each other regardless. And, um, you know, in that time and space, that was very much a targeted by the church, which was, well, yeah, you should love everyone if they're, you know, involved in the church or if you're trying to convert them into the church you know there was obviously a subset of goals there by telling each other oh you need to love everyone but because of the age I was I took that in a very innocent fashion of like oh no this is just how I'm supposed to be and I've said for years that as Christians in general we need to get back to the basics which the basics are we just need to love and care about each other regardless of whether we should do this or not, like just live your life in a matter of trying to love people and everything else will be all right. Like it's, it's as simple as that. And that's what I appreciate about audio feed is I feel like from a Christian aspect, it's a group of people just trying to do that. And from a non-Christian aspect, it's just a group of people trying to do that. It's not a matter of religion or not. It's a matter of, we just want to choose to love each other because that's what the world needs. That's what we need as a community. That's what we need for it to be a safe space, you know. And so that's part of what makes me love audio feed is I, I aside from the conversation I had with Devin, I had zero conversations about religion while I was there. You know, there was, and there was just no reason to. Mind you, it was pretty busy running right. stuff, but I also had a five hour shift each day in which I wasn't working Mm -hmm. that there were those conversations to be had. But, you know, it's more about the seeing people I only see once or twice a year at most and being like, Hey, what's going on with you? What energy can I put into you and not so I can pray for you, but so I can just listen and give you advice. If you want advice, just be a pair of ears if that's what you want, you know, just choosing to care about each other. Um, and the thing that like was really interesting for me is my first year going to flood city. I remember kind of sitting off to the side, like felt very out of place just cause I didn't know anyone, which I'm sure you kind of probably experienced that this year with audio feed, but that changed pretty quick. Um, and it was like, it was basically, you know, you played a set, and people are like, oh, man, you guys were great, which I think the first set I played was with dad jokes. Mm. Um,
0: Is that the year that you didn't you guys play in a restaurant or something on the way up or back?
2: That was an audio feed year, not oh, okay. flood city. But, yes, that did happen. I'll tell that story really quick. So we were in town and we decided to I think we were just going to get like coffee or something, wasn't it, Pat? Mm-hmm. And we walked in and they were having open mic. Oh, it's so good. And we had two of our <laughs> horn players with us who just happened to have their horns in the van and they had an acoustic guitar hanging on the wall and an acoustic bass hanging on the wall. So we signed up for open mic. <laughs> in this random coffee shop in urbana illinois we decided to play an open mic as dad jokes that's so good and it was hilarious and great and honestly we should have definitely found that coffee shop again this year and done that <laughs> but
1: i am 90 percent sure that that was flood city fest not was a it feed
2: you're I right it was so. flood city i think so. you are right yep i was wrong i mean we have joked around about just pre-gaming shows with finding open open it's such good it's, well, it's such like a good idea and this is another side story but just like the dad joke set you know i so i thought you were kind of full of it when you were like oh everyone thinks this I, is a shtick because I, I knew it for the I knew, I knew it for the listener during our whole entire set we were making jokes about you know we haven't practiced in a year or whatever and literally our last practice was we played a show like last july or August and it's just typically how it works with us and <laughs> we all kind of found out real quick that those songs are a lot of muscle memory for us and so we had a pretty good set i mean there were a couple little rough spots here and there but it went pretty solid and we were making jokes on stage and about how you know oh this is just our yearly practice and mm. south was like man no one yeah. thinks this is a shtick or, no, or everyone no thinks it is shtick. everyone thinks you guys no are one kidding. thinks it's serious yeah, yeah, yeah. and Right after, like almost right after our set, once things kind of calmed down, Jordan Doyle from Gaffer Project came up to me and was like, Hey, so have you guys really not practiced in a year? I'm like, Yeah, dude, like we haven't played since our last show. I was like, I went over these songs twice at home this week, and that's it. He's like, Man, y'all did pretty good for that. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's something interesting that I've been kind of dwelling on. It
1: started on the last day of the fest and kind of ever since then, and that is and it extends from the festival into the well and into bands and stuff like that is I'm a like put my head down, get it done sort of person. I like take on more than I should. I like to make a good plan. I like to execute a plan. Brett and I have often uh, bonded over just how much we both like sitting and wrapping cables and organizing (laughs) gear and just like doing the the thing, like the head thing, the planning thing and the hands thing, the doing things. And um, we have pocket vinyl close out, our stage so at the festival good. and pocket vinyl is uh they four piece now i've seen them as a two piece um piano player that plays what i can only describe as like um like broadway musical style That's piano good. and vocals and then they play with a bass player and a drummer and then uh elizabeth the other member live paints and it's a different painting every night and she completes an in paint a painting while they play 10 songs it's always some set list of 10 songs and she starts and finishes painting Super, super cool. And um, they're one of those groups that is kind of on permature. tour They just tour and tour and tour and grind and grind and grind. And they put out a DVD about DIY touring and uh, tell the story. And uh, he took a little bit of time during their set to talk about the, like, the why behind it. And uh, he had this really hilarious, like, caveman, like, <laughs> pointing to the art and saying, This me. You too, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that the whole essence of it is I'm expressing something. Do you also feel this? Do you yeah. also yeah. like, is this you too? This me, you too. And, um, and I recognized like some, somewhere in my heart and somewhere in my head, the, the why of all of this, the why put so many hours into planning. I know. And I know, I know it in my heart. I believe in it. Why do we spend so many hours, put so much planning into the well and, why do we put so many hours into dad jokes, this silly thing, right? And and I spend so much time in my head in the execution of things and making sure that things are as excellent as they can be with the resources we have and the time that we have. And that I I don't often sit back and think and talk about the why of the community side of things and the impact that it has on individual people's lives and how essential it is for us to be able to create and then to share those emotions with other people and to have other people then be able to react and start that conversation with us. And um, one of the things that I've recognized is, especially in working – with some people that I know very well at the stage, like Brett and South of working with people that I don't know very well. So even though I do a lot with Devin here at the well, I don't know him on a personal level very deeply. Um, there are some other folks that um, I know they've been around. I know they're, they're like they're a homie cause they're around and they have enough similar interests that I got to believe that we share some kind of some of the why, but we haven't really talked about it. But to work alongside people to see how they pour into it in the same way, um, we're like kind of drawing on this well um, that has been built or filled by that same why, but without ever really talking about it. And it's, it's very, very, very rewarding to me to be able to do that kind of work alongside people who also have the same drive see the same value have the same beliefs about the value and the people around them Um, and to be able to rely on that even if I haven't had those long heartfelt conversations or that deep relationship with those people Um, dad jokes is just kind of an interesting part of that where it's like it's it's maybe not the why and the how conversation but it's the like the the performance and the uh the talent side of things where it's like we don't have to have hours of practice to be able to turn up and have a good time and to perform and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where it's like, that's, that's important, but it's nice to be able to rely on. There's something there that we know we can all rely on each other on, that we don't have to have a ton of practice and still be able to turn up and show, do the thing. I know that South and Brett and myself don't need to spend hours and hours and hours and talking about how important community is. Cause we've done that over a long period of time and we can go and we can be very busy at a festival and execute a thing with a high level of excellence and uh, very thin margins of how we're going to get things done and to be able to to rely on that and know that we don't have to end each night with two hours worth of conversation of how important this is and how spiritually uh awakening this is for all of us where it's like th- that's okay we know where we live we know where we don't and we can we can we can have the comfort in just drawing on that sometimes so
0: yeah, yeah i i think that um Man, both of you made me think of of a few things uh one to double back just real quick to some of the what brett was saying is i think i think what you're describing brett and why i was very at ease very quickly in the surroundings of audio feed is you're just talking about an actual safe space Mm -hmm. like an actual one and what when like things that the right wing have grabbed and attacked and mutated and twisted is that, that what does a safe space mean? Well, it's, it's the same way that I view the well. It means that if you're here, you're going to be respected as a human being. You're going to be respected as, a, as a, the perceived human being that you want to be perceived as on some level. That your voice isn't going to be shouted over unless you spew bullshit. Unless you come in and are like specifically hostile and disrespectful, because that is not a safe space. And it it was very obvious to me very quickly that um, the even if I didn't agree with everyone all the time, which of course I'm never going to like that's just not a thing people do. That everyone I was interacting with, for the most part, I can't think of anybody that I had any kind of significant interaction with that I, it, I couldn't in my brain go, all right, cool. We same, same basic core values. We're fine. Like, like you, you believe in, as, as Brett said, you believe in loving people and caring about people. And at the end of the day, you, I can attach, you know, I, uh, there's, there's tons of people that are more intellectual about their political beliefs than I am. There are plenty of people that are more intellectual about their religious or lack of religious beliefs than I am. Uh, all of that stuff is cool and fun in a way and important in a way. But at the end of it, it's just like I basically exist in a world now where I'm like, do you love people? You want to protect people like, you know, I, you know, the, the first example that comes to mind sadly these days is do you think that it's wrong that a family that already loves their trans kid is having a government like threaten to forcibly take that kid away from them? I mean, we're we're cool. Like I like everything else is just bullshit. We can we can argue about that later, but let's deal with the fact that states are threatening to take children away from families that love them and accept them. Like 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 uh, Margaret Killjoy, who I reference all the time, has a thing that she's been saying a lot on podcasts, which is, um, uh, uh, uh why can't I think of the the, the escalate all confrontation that is not with the enemy de-escalate all confrontation that is not with the enemy. Mm -hmm. Am I going to sit down with like, I I, I could even tell as the conversations were happening around me, like, like, Oh, this is getting a lot more religious than what I am. Like, I'm just going to kind of smile and not that's fine, but I don't need to make a big deal out of it because we're all, once again, the core, the core thing at the foundation of it, we all agree on. And that's the important part in my mind Mm -hmm. is, is that caring about people around you and trying to keep people, safe and connected and and then with something like rock and roll and art, like those are just like almost higher loves in my in my mind to me. Like these are almost like untouchable. Like you can't you can't fuck with those. Like if you if you get if you do anything to take away from somebody else's connection to that high holy thing that none of us can explain, which is, you know, rock and roll, well then you're fucking dead to me. I don't, I don't care if it's like, fucking uh, uh, some Christian contemporary band that I can't stand. But if you, if somebody connects to that and that is their doorway into the greater language of of the thing, then I would, then stay the fuck out of their way. Like let them find their path because, you know, to bring it back to a personal extent, I was that. I mean, I started out listening to only like very. Like, in hindsight, not great, you know, Christian contemporary music that I, I would cringe at, like, and sadly still probably know most of the words to mm-hmm. if it started playing, but you know what, It's it was my doorway into a thing that I'm very open with everyone, like, that is the only reason I'm still here. Like, that, that this DIY scene, why it's so important to me, why... I will leave my dogs and my cat for four days and go to a city that I don't know to a festival that I've never been a part of before and help put it on is yes. A big chunk of that is because my family asked me for help and I'm going to always help them. And the other part is, is that they also invoked the mother rock and roll and DIY music. And like, well, I, those are like, those are my high, two high callings. So of course I'm going to be there and like, be a part of that and uh it was and this is where it's going to get weird because for me because uh and and please jump in and if you if people had conversations with you or whatever I cuz I have a hard time talking about myself but I do think I also realized pretty quickly like not in a combative way it like the potential was there. Part of me was there in the beginning, but like by the time I played my set, there was just a part of me that was like, yeah, nobody's talking about this stuff not that they need to, but like, yeah, my, my set, like what I'm going, what I'm bringing to the table here, like what I'm, I'm about to allow people into myself and to give, give to them is not, um, not been addressed in a way that I've heard specifically done yet not that anybody needs to come and agree with everything and how I lay it out there and, and kind of, you know, in loon, the band, we, we roll a little rough. Like the language gets a little bit tough. The, 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 the pictures that we're painting are not fun and pretty all the time or ever, honestly, uh, <laughs> the, uh, but, um, that, that is an important, that, that, that this, This community of yours that that I have been allowed in to a little bit of that it was kind of comforting when I realized like oh the thing that I I can be useful here as an artist is the same thing that I'm useful for at home because before Loon was a long running thing and everyone knew South was gonna like roll some hard heavy shit like there wasn't a Loon and there wasn't a South rolling hard heavy shit in the exact same way around here and I just wouldn't go away like <laughs> like I just just kept still putting on shows and putting out records and in a weird way it was very like comforting to kind of like go back to the roots of like oh yeah just you know like yeah I'm gonna sing about some rough stuff man and hopefully there's some cool conversations afterwards and and there was like I I personally um would you, Daniel David from Daniel, Daniel, yeah, Daniel. from Rosemont. Um, uh, specifically like came up right after I sat back down at the merch, uh, table, um,
1: to sell things, you capitalist.
0: Yeah. Th- uh, oh no. I was just about to say, and, <laughs> and everyone will be proud. I not no, I sold one sticker. We made $1 at audio feed. <laughs> and, and in hindsight, if I had, he just hit me real early. If I would known no one else was going to buy anything, I I really wish I had seen him again cuz I would've been like he just you know what I I don't feel good about this. Take, take <laughs> <your dollar back. laughs> just take your dollar back. I just I'm I'm glad that you wanted a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> uh um but uh uh he he came up and was just kind of like uh I don't know it was just a very good conversation. I don't I don't want to read too much with him not being able here to kind of completely say what he was thinking but it was just very obvious that <laughs> like i said like he kind of had this like man i didn't i didn't catch everything but i caught a big chunk of it and like man that was that was interesting the stuff you were singing about and like uh the thing about uh i mentioned before uh or right after the first song of the set that um the fairgrounds in urbana were were uh Potawatomi land back before we were all here and it's a i'm not the first one to do it it's just something that i've i've as i, I grow and evolve like right? i want to start doing more of when we play loon shows of just acknowledging that there was a people and a culture here before folks that looked like me mm. bulldozed through it um and uh the the lead singer of rosemont is a is a, a black man in america from detroit and i can only imagine like some of the I don't know. It felt good because it felt like a, a a dude who probably wasn't used to like a white masculine presenting person like me going, you know, what's fucked up about Indiana. Like uh, the KKK moved its headquarters there when it had like a lot of senators in Congress. And that's fucked up. Right. Uh, you know, the things that that w- I think that we can uh, that re- repetition sometimes can make people take for granted. But like it was nice to be reminded that like that. Uh, Um, oh yeah. Like, like just because my local music scene has gotten more used to me talking about that, dump me into a new place and new thing. And people are going to, there's going to be a a good kind of a jolt or a shock all over again of people being like, uh, oh, like what like this is (laughs) like, we're talking about this. Okay. Um, erica from dead birds and families also uh came up and and said some very sweet things which which means a whole heck of a lot because she is very talented and i definitely uh would not put myself on the same plane as like like either of either of her projects i think those are both very very good songwriting by very very good songwriters and um it was the same kind of thing of like it just uh, you could tell it was uh, something that uh, she wasn't used to hearing in that setting and, and mentioned that it it was nice to have somebody say stuff that wasn't said all the time. But I, I don't know. I feel like I've talked about myself way too much. I I, I know that I will say a quick side note of it will never not make me feel very good and loved in a way that I can't explain to you when I'm playing solo sets. Be able to see both of you independent of each other. Obviously, like 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 airplane your parts <laughs> or, or or like beats in in Loon songs. Then that always makes me really happy. Yeah, it never fails
2: that when you play a solo set and both Pat and I are there, that at certain points Pat and I look at each other and like, yeah, this is the big part. Like, I I can't anymore. I can't listen to you play solo without hearing the song in my head yeah. and it was I should not have sang along to your set as much as I did my voice was already so hoarse after the first couple days and then I like I just couldn't resist you know and I for me like your set alone I think the importance of it is to be able to say hey there's someone here who's gone through these hard topics you know these these things that are a struggle and like you can you can come and talk to me about them, and it's okay mm-hmm. and so I think there's a place for for musicians like you who've gone through those things and expressed that things those things through music. but then there's also a place for bands like Aggie. Um and this was where i I kind of started to get real emotional Tuesday night during Aggie set and and on um, and part of that is is Aggie's just a really fun band in general. Mm-hmm um they're very much and, and so is like uh, joe Bo- boffman too and the righteous few which are from our area you know they're also another band that's very like joyful excited when they play like it's just it's pure joy
0: real quick i just because i i want to say this on Mike that that night like i've never been more bummed that i just could not like i just didn't have it in me emotionally to gut through yeah another day and like not see my, my animals and stuff. Like I had just hit that that wall where it was like I you everyone's good, right? Like we don't need me to be here and like, okay, I need to go home. But like I just kept being so sad because you had Gigalti and into, into Bafma and into uh Adji and, and I like those are just all like that's yeah. a that's a murderer's row of just oh, energy. Just like Phenomenal. just like wild uh the the thing that makes them all three similar is how not sim like how they're just all like off the charts kind of all over the place. For,
1: for the record, I think it was Junior, Joe Boffman, Adgy, Jigalchi,
2: Pocket Vinyl, yeah. all in a row. It that was, was so the final good. five. Yeah. That's but, a, um,
0: that's a heck of a way to go
2: out. So yeah, by the by the time we got to the Adji set. And mind you, a lot of people in that community know Adji. They're very connected with Adji. So there were considerably more people for that set. But even, I mean, from the junior set on that night, like our crowd just continued to kind of grow. And then it it trickled off a little bit during Paco Vinyl, but most of that is just people going home. Um, But what I watched happen is, so like your set, there's people there that are going to be able to express to you, hey, thank you for like finding a way to express these feelings that i've had but then during the Aji set and those sort of bands it's very much a moment of pure joy mm-hmm. of where i can let everything go and i can just be happy in this moment no matter what is going on i can just be happy and so that was the point in which like i it's i've kind of struggled with what to call the feeling over the last couple of days as i've been thinking about it um Part of it for me was was just pure joy and happiness because of the thing we had gone and done and accomplished, but it was also the sense that we put so much effort into something, not so that we could be proud of it, but so that we could provide that space for mm-hmm. musicians like Agie to create an environment of pure joy where those people that are struggling through things can let it go and have that moment of peace in their life, regardless mm-hmm. of anything religion what's going on at home what's going on you know on the side of the street if that's where they're living they were able to be there and just be happy for a moment and that was what really started to kind of overcome me because as I'm sitting there on side stage because I'm stage manager that night I'm I'm watching this crowd just jump around and Mm -hmm. bounce and have these big old smiles on their face and the thing that's wild about it is they do that And then they leave our tent, right? And then Jagolchi comes up, and they start playing, and the crowd's a little thin. And as they start playing, it starts to fill back in. Like, it's done (laughs) all over these four days. And you see the pure joy come right back. And at one point, you know, Pat came backstage, and I was just like, I had been struggling for the last probably 15 minutes not to just, like, lose it and start bawling my eyes out. And at one point, I literally had to, like, walk behind the stage because I was, like, struggling not to cry out of this this happiness. Mm-hmm. And Pat was like, you good? And I was like, yeah. I just – I literally said to him and, like, started to break down as I said it. I was like, thank you for letting me be a part of this. It's, it's literally just been four amazing days, you know, and – And it, part of it is too, is like, I also just feel very thankful that I got to go and put on a music festival because out of all the things in life, aside from my wife and kid, music's the thing I love to do, you know, as musicians, typically we all have the thought of like, man, if I could just do this for a living and it's, you know, and I've thought that with the well too, when I first started to get really involved here over the last year and a half, two years. I remember at multiple points saying to Monica, like, man, if I could just work at the well and book bands for a living, I would love that. You know, like because those are the things that give me pure joy, especially with the way our music scene here in South Bend is headed to. Um, you know, we started to have a lot more high school kids come out and things like that. There was there was one night spaceships got done playing and I had one of the torture pig kids, John, in, who mm-hmm. I am now more connected with than I was. Uh, he came up to me. He had bought one of our VHSs, and he wanted me to sign it. And it's some high school kid. I'm like, for me, I'm like, dude, I'm just some lame local band. Like, yeah, I, I think our stuff's good, and I enjoy it, but...
0: Just like Clark Before You and Sound and Noise <laughs> and, and, like, it's a long, unbroken chain of... Yeah, you're just... you. Whether you like it or not, you are just a part of that, that like one generation handing yeah. itself off to the next well, one, handing off to the next one. That's
2: exactly what I realized that night, too, because he came up and asked me to sign that. And at first, I was just kind of like thrown off by it. Anytime <laughs> somebody asked me right, to sign something, right. I'm like, dude, you don't know, want well, my signature. It's terrible. But, you know, and I'd also like, I just feel that like uncomfortableness of like, why, why? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what happened was, is it kind of clicked in my head, like, oh, I used to be that kid Mm -hmm. I used to be that high school kid that was going to these church venues and asking these bands to sign stuff for me and now I'm the old dude on stage playing the music and kids are asking me to sign stuff and like realizing the fire that has now come full circle to ignite in young in the younger generation and so like that's I'm really excited for once we get back to hopefully doing Bloodline here in South Bend again because I think a lot of those kids are going to kind of get a grasp of that and it's going to grow the community of audio feed and Bloodline and all that even more. Um, so, I, yeah, that's, that's what I got. That,
1: that's awesome. Um, so one of the things that's been hitting me over the past week or so as well is I've spent so much time talking about that experience of like being young and discovering music and going through a period of just like self-discovery and really becoming who you are and, and having a space that's safe for you to express yourself and just go through some of that like discovery stuff and something that was really important to me as I was just first exposed to local venues and I had a place that I could like put my hair up in a mohawk and wear an orange jacket <laughs> and skateboard and be dumb around girls and like figure out what punk rock was all about and listen to minor threat for the first time. And then be like, well, I can play drums and I can express myself this way. And I am my other friends and they want to express themselves. And like, that is so important. And the thing that has started to strike me is that, that is one story that we tell and that there's another really important story to tell and that is that people that are going through self-discovery and trying to figure out how to be comfortable in their own skin don't only exist as teenagers mm-hmm. that is an obvious like place where a lot of people do that but i've recognized over the past couple of years of becoming a new parent that i have also had to now refigure out as we came out of covid and i went back to booking and bands and back to operating things at the well it's like what what does it even mean to try to re-enter the same world now with a child? Because I'm a I'm a different person. My family is a different yeah. family. Um, people who have gone through um, gender transitions are in the middle of their lives and now figuring out how do I exist in a public space again. People who have maybe um, started to put more tangible feelings to questions about their own religious beliefs and saying. Um, I don't know how to exist in a world where my entire community was based on the church that I went to if I no longer believe in the same things that my church um, believes yeah. in. Or maybe somebody that has come the other direction and had a long, angry, bitter life um, against a certain group or religion or something and now is starting to think maybe those things aren't also terrible because there are some nice people around me that do believe in those things, right? Is that kind of creating a space not only for the youth and a space where we can hand those things off to the youth so they can be the next generation, but also recognizing like how important that safe space is to people that are in their middle ages or even even later in life as people are going through important and hard transitions no matter where they are in their age spectrum, right? And that hit me as we were doing the, the Q&A audio feed and somebody said the last time we attended an audio feed we did not have children and we attended this time for the first time with children and it's been so safe and welcoming and good to be able to have kids in this space and feel okay about it. And um, I know that venues with small children in them are not always the coolest place to play shows, but they're also very important places to have shows because there are people that had their entire identity based on a friend group, without kids and now they have kids and now they have to figure out how to continue to have a social life and continue to have impact and meaningful relationship around them. So it's something that's been churning in my brain that I never thought that the next iteration of the well would be one where it's important for there to be small children. It shows, but I've heard feedback from people who have also gone through that transition to parenthood where they're like, man, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't bring my kids here. (laughs) You know, so
2: that's personally for me. One of the things I love most about the well in general is like, My daughter, who's seven years old, can't go watch me play in bars, you know, and pre-COVID, that was a huge part of our scene around here in general was bar shows. And it's like, for me, you know, I want my child to see the thing that I'm extremely passionate about and to watch marley come down here with margo and opal and whoever else brings their kids and they just get to run around while this music's going on and you know and even like i've we've been up on stage and i've seen margo come up here and lean against the the monitor and just watch us play and watch her dad play and Mm -hmm. like there's something so special about having your kid there like there's been multiple points where I'll be on stage and Marley's there and she waves to me while I'm on stage. And, like, you get emotional because of the fact that that's my kid. She sees me doing the thing I love. Yeah. And that's teaching my child and these other kids around her that it's okay, even if you have to work a 9-to-5 job, to still follow your dream when you can. Yeah, You know, and, and that's so huge. And like you said too, Pat, like, it's it's huge for people to be able to come in here and bring their children and not feel excluded because they can't you know it's very much a space in which like yeah absolutely bring your kid like i suggest bringing earplugs for them but other than that go for it like we'll never turn you away because of it you know so
0: no that's uh that's all it's just amazing how much you never have life figured out like it's your Like it's it all the cliched sayings are so true about journeys versus destinations. And it's just an always a moving thing and evolving thing. Um, This feels like a good place for uh, wrapping up the audio feed of it all. Any final any final thoughts on anything? I, I know we've talked quite a bit.
1: it's it's tough. I made a comment earlier about how it can be difficult if you're not plugged in to get plugged in because it can be a, a thing that's very difficult to um see the benefit of taking a risk of buying a $100 ticket to see maybe a couple bands, you know, but definitely go hang out with a group of people that is very tight that you are not tight with, right? So, I don't know, there's 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 something about um, kind of recognizing what sorts of places and scenes were important to us feeling connected when we were younger and um, maintaining some sense of open mindedness for those encountering those things later in life as mm-hmm. well. Um, once we find those things and we get comfortable, it can be very difficult to, to get out of our house and go find new versions of those things or, or new those things for other people so I guess just a, a general encouragement that's like of course every, I want I want everybody in the South Bend scene to drive to Champaign-Urbana next year to go see what the thing's about I know how irrational it is for me to ask people to go do that right and so we try the slow burn of like introducing more and more South Bend <laughs> bands that are sick that fit there mm-hmm. that also kind of jive with that and starting to just create greater connections between the South Bend scene and and that thing that Brett and I have have found to be so meaningful and important over the last uh, several years. But um, yeah, it's just an, an encouragement to to leave enough margin and space in your life that you can discover what that next big meaningful thing might be, whether it's a, a group of people you meet on Reddit or a music festival that you decide you'll take a swing at, or you know whatever a community action group that. Uh, maybe you need to find a friend and go go visit a thing um it only it only gets harder as we get more set in our ways and and there's so much beauty out there and in things we haven't discovered yet
0: brett you got anything you good okay this uh i i just on a completely selfish level of uh we are very rarely in in a space like this um doing this kind of a thing compared to what we're usually doing here in the basement at the well, which is working on the next record. I just kind of wanted to see where I know, I know the next record lives in my head nonstop all the time, but I was kind of curious, like just a quick, like touch in with like, you know, where you guys both are at in the process and what, what you're kind of like general. Yeah. Other than the very like basic, like we're excited about it. I think, I think it's easy. I think I, I speak for all of us when I say we're getting more excited about it. But I don't know, just like we're and part of this, I think, is this is the most time I've ever taken to write a record and like have it be like not just me like slapping a bunch of like, well, this is how I'm going to play this song. So, like, I don't know what you guys are going to do when we hit record. But like, here's what I'm going to do where this feels very much like a process where we're kind of shaping the stone together and that's that's been very cool and interesting so i don't know just kind of wondering where we're all at in the the ship sails on journey
1: yeah so first of all it's just so embarrassing for me to keep talking about like hey we got this record written and we just (laughs) we're gonna record it someday it's like man no one believes me about finishing anything
2: we promise like, well i'm just
1: you know I'm busy with this next thing and i'm sure that as soon as we're done with this next thing then we'll have time to just record the record but no it, uh, it's uh it's like part of me wants to pull off the banding like let's just put some dates on the calendar and let's just put some things to tape so to speak and then we can stop making excuses right. uh, but also every time we sit down and work on things it's like we're we're changing things in really big meaningful ways and at the end of the day i'm like man that's so much better than it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's been the challenge for me where there's a a pride thing where it's like, I, I'm an effective, like, I like to make a checklist. I like to do that checklist and to have this like long running, like someday we're going to do this record. It's going to be really good. I promise you. I'm the sort of, like, make a plan, execute the plan sort of person. I've been uh, unable so, to commit to that. So it's almost like uh,
0: just been, like, fingernails on a chalkboard. Oh, my porch, gosh. I like... want to
1: wanna get it done so bad. And I know that I, I I have direct agency over making that happen and just am not. And so I'm just really looking forward to, to be able to put dates on the calendar yeah. and all yeah. look each other in the eyes and say, yeah, the, these are the dates, and and we feel like it's the right time to do these songs. Yeah. so. No, I, I love the I love the process. It is the most, the most thought and the most intention I've ever been able to give to a set of Loon songs, and and appreciate uh, the two of you being so open to a, uh, a collaborative and like critical process of yeah, yeah, is this really the right chord change? Is this yeah. really the right time? Is this the right instrumentation? Is this the right voicing? Um, it takes a lot. So I did the the. Home Invasion project for a long time. So those of you that don't know, Home Invasion was a video series where we got a handful of musicians that don't normally play together. Uh, not necessarily strangers, but sometimes strangers. And in the in the course of six hours, we wrote and recorded and videoed a song. And uh, one of the lessons learned from that is in order to be productive and to put out a piece of art that you're all uh, very proud of, you have to very quickly get over the I'm going to be polite about every idea that everybody <laughs> has. Uh, because you just don't, you simply don't have the time to entertain people's bad ideas. <laughs> or, uh, let's say, ideas that don't uh, fulfill everybody's vision, right? And, go, um, uh... no, it's it's so nice to work with a group of people where you can um, give your critical thoughts on the ideas and have everybody in the room be open and receptive and let's try it differently and not have to go home at the end of the day and really wonder is like, man, is South going to come and be a jerk at next practice because what (laughs) I told him about his G chord or, um, no, but it's, it's been really great to be able to have the kind of put on that producer hat where the, the dumb drummer doesn't often get to give musical opinions. And it's really nice to, um, have musical opinions and feel like they're in a place where they're, um, Valuable or even as valuable as other people's musical opinions in the room, and to be able to workshop through some of that stuff and try it this way, try it this way, try it this way. But my god, we just need to put some dates on the calendar, guys.
2: <laughs> I mean, the okay. thing is though, is like as far as you know, drummer not normally being a producer, I mean, but I feel like bass is kind of that same thing, and <laughs> yeah. the rhythm section here outnumbers yeah. the rest of the band, so sure does, you know but yeah so for me with the new record like i'm i'm extremely excited about it um and when i say this next thing i mean no ill will towards anybody but there are there have been instances in other bands where like i don't feel as much creative freedom um because things are very like rigid to a point it's very structured which is fine I enjoy that in its own aspect as well um, but that's one thing I've really enjoyed about this record is I feel like there's just a point of a blank canvas and I get to do whatever I want with it and it's it's also that same aspect of like a safe space of like oh I can try something and if it sounds like crap you guys will let me know that like hey that's nah, i don't think mm-hmm. that's it you it's know the vibe. yeah and it's it's been really fun especially too because the other thing we've been doing as we're going right is talking about all the little nuancy stuff like the little bits of organ we want to put in and yeah. you know all the fun little surprises that are going to be on the record um and all the you know fun little like guest vocals or instruments things like that um I've really enjoyed the process so far, and I've also really enjoyed, too, the fact that, like, we have made a point to start getting together a little more regularly, um, because we were making pretty good progress before COVID happened. Mm-hmm. You know, that was how Little Light was born, and we came up with the, yep. the big ending, and oh, that's so, that's it so was good. like, that happened... And then I think it was almost like the next week or whatever we were supposed to get together. And that was when things started to get real bad. And we were like, hey, this probably isn't the best idea. Mm-hmm. We need to be yep. safe. And so then it was just like it felt like it just got taken away.
0: And, and what's interesting is if I remember correctly, we were we were building up steam to more of what you wanted yeah. in your in – your, and I think what I wanted or what we all thought we wanted, which was – if I remember correctly around that practice, that was kind of a fluke ish new, new thing. And we were mostly like, well, we've got the skeletons of all these songs, like here in another like month, month and a half, we're just going to get in a room and start recording stuff and go from there. And, uh, the, the accidental blessings of, of, um, a curse, which was the pandemic of having to like be apart from each other and to sit on, on the material for a little bit longer i i don't know i don't know if it just got me out of my own head a little bit more but i can say that like these these times when we've been getting together every couple of weeks to just keep hammering on these songs uh it felt like we all three sat down when we started up again and in a in a in the most in the best way possible we're just like well like what if we really like like what if we really question some stuff like yeah. what if we what if we like 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 do what what like let's really flex uh like my joke my running joke with loon always is that like it's oh, it's just cowboy chords and there's not a lot to it and it's it's really uh dumb simple like you know four on the floor rock and roll um i don't necessarily actually believe that in my heart of hearts when i'm like not being mean to myself but like uh it is a much more compared to spaceships compared to analectic compared to to other things that y'all do it is a it is a much more rudimentary style of rock and roll on purpose like that that's what it is but i do like that we have we have as a group kind of quietly and without a real big conversation at all like no conversation just kind of like like what would a complicated loon record sound like? <laughs> like what, like well, what, 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 what? What if we did a little bit more it's, here? It's the
1: difference between saying like, "Yeah, that's a really great song," and saying, "What? What would a better song sound like?" Yeah, you know, like yeah. yes, it's great. We all we all love it. We all know it's great. So let's put that aside and have we make it a better song.
0: Yeah, right? it's it's been a it's been it means it's been the most fun I've had in the entire time that I've been making music yeah. and I've been making music f- for a long time. I, w- I had a conversation with, um, um, it, what's uh, what's his name Santa Pine Hills. The, he was at, he, he was at audio feed, but we've been on online friends for a while. And we, me, Nat and, and him and someone else talked a little, a little briefly about it. And, um, uh, just, uh, now I've lost track of where I was going with
2: that. Most fun you had writing a record.
0: Oh, it just the the kind of um you know, how how things change and how how you you grow and and um you know, I just make all the same jokes all the time about like cowboy chords and how how simple the music is and how it doesn't mean very much. But like a it means uh so much to me like loon songs at the end of the day um the music side of it i have never been selfish about and have always been uh willing to have folks that i trust come in and play in the playground of uh, of the sonic playground but when you really get down to it like you you all are a part of something that is at its core, Loon the band at its core, is me in a long-term discussion with myself about myself. And it is uh, not a fun conversation to have with myself. And it means more than I will ever have words to, to put together. That at this point in my life, I'm doing it with two people who I feel very safe to, to like, you know, again, jokes that, that aren't really a joke where I keep telling people, I'm like, yeah, this next one's going to be rough, even, even by loon standards, like... Um, but it is, it is like, I'm, I like, you know, the little bits and pieces that we've let go out into the world and stuff that we've played live. Like, um, like it, I know, I know it is, I, I get it. Like, I am also aware, like, um, a couple of, uh, solo sets ago here in the basement. Like I saw friends of mine, like I, you know, I see people crying again at loon sets and I know that that's not an accidental thing. It's because like, I'm. I'm slicing a little bit more of myself out there, you know. Even a song like "Indiana," which is ostensibly about not me, but the place that I'm I'm from, we are from, um, is just a lot more naked. It's a lot more honest, and um, that is not easy to do. Like, uh, it is not an easy thing, and uh, so I just, you know, I want to thank you both for being the type of humans that can allow me to navigate some very intense uh, things and present them to the world in a way that I think is important on a message level, on a lyrical level, but that I also am very proud of on a musical level. Mm-hmm. And that's like, cause the, you know, it's, it's both things all at the same time. Like, uh, it's not enough to, you know, uh, Vic Chestnut who's somebody I talk about a lot like he 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 doesn't write the most devastating songs that I've ever heard because he's not also they're not also great songs done in a great way like it is both that he is so naked in his lyrics about himself but also that he surrounded himself with musicians that helped him put on a thing that was sonically amazing and fucking blew me away. Like it, it's not one or the other. Like the, the true magic is when you get the two things to, you know, little light, I think is a perfect example of the reason little light hits is both what I'm singing about what I'm letting you have the, your first doorway into like me and my trauma and like how and why the last two records are a thing. But it's also like all of us being musicians and knowing like, oh, where it's like it's this quiet thing. And then if we all just like slam it at the it's like both like in your head, like knowing how rock and roll works and also the heart of having this conversation that you're having with it. I don't know. It's I'm pretty excited.
2: Yeah. I mean, emotionally, that song alone, you're you're talking about some really hard topics in your own life and the end of that song is very much an emotional release yeah. from that yeah you know the 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 lyrics alone at the end of that song stick by that you know it is singing the fact of you know i want to feel better yeah like that's that's what you're working towards every single day and so it, it very much is i think as a listener and on a personal level for you it's just as much a release every time we play that song yeah oh yeah you know so it's it's interesting because yeah as as a musician like oh that's the big heavy part that catches me but as someone who feels feelings that's the release that catches me
0: yeah you know uh because i'm contractually obligated to bring up the rutabaga every third podcast you you know they're they're that's that's them in a nutshell it's not just that josh is singing about stuff that's makes you feel some things and think some things it's also the fact that like their musicianship garth and him together just know how to punctuate those those lines and those moments and the you know they can have a an epic eight-minute song on the last record about, uh, you know, the passing away of Josh's grandfather. And I I have yet to have that song feel like a, an eight-minute song. Like, it always feels like a three-minute, four-minute song because, you know, they're they're good musicians on top mm. of everything else, you know. They keep you engaged and interested in what's happening. So, I don't know.
2: Speaking of, Josh, if you're listening... South is very upset that he couldn't play that show because he was down in Illinois. and Just so you know, he really wants to book another one. And we are 100% on board for whenever that happens. Yeah, I've got a backyard. Yeah, 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 there we We go. We have a whole basement we're sitting in right now.
0: Uh, I think they're trying to stick to more mostly outside
2: stuff. It's beautiful out today. Let's do it right now.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, thank you guys. Uh, It's always good catching up. It's nice to not have a a real agenda, but just be able to kind of talk about some things and everything. And thanks for letting me be a part of audio feed. It was a lot of fun.
1: We're just trying to put our hooks in you, you know, your attendance is expected next year now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. This is how I get involved with things is somebody gives me a job to do and I'm like, I just, yeah. I, I just right. do this I now. Just, yep. This is right. my that's, job now. That's my approach. So. I, guess
0: I, uh, I guess I I guess make bad jokes at the side of stages now at Audio Feed. Sure, <laughs> if you want to
1: water down your impact at Audio Feed to that, that's, I guess, fine with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I love you guys. Uh, all right, well, uh, see you all on the flip. Uh, and, hey, here I am, on the flip, uh, not, not a ton to say, I, I really love both those guys a whole lot, and I appreciate that they, um, do what they do, and help me be the musician that I am, and the the human that I'm trying to be, um, uh, yeah, I am a complex, uh, I am a complex soul that I, I can only imagine is not always the easiest to deal with because of those complexities. And I appreciate the people in my life that do not make me feel like a burden and um, uh, have a lot of love and patience and empathy for me as I figure my shit out. <laughs> um, there, There's more, more potential surprises post-audio uh, feed um we're gonna get back at it we're gonna record this record um so uh just know that i love you very much and loon the band loves you very much uh be anti-fascist and anti-racist be pro black and brown be pro trans and queer gender is a myth it's a box that they built to keep us all trapped inside free yourself and in freeing yourself free the world Until next time.